Hello, I'm Jill Marie, founder of SVH, and this is Telecast 26, the sixth segment in our eight-part series on abundance. And the topic of today's broadcast is Prosperity Consciousness. Before we begin, as always, let's take a moment to align with our most blessed Creator. Today we step into a new role of choice, knowing that every step of this journey of emancipation from prosperity consciousness and limitation will be harmoniously implemented by you, Creator. We thank you in advance and open to the greatest levels of release that you bring us from limitations imposed by foundations set in place in our genetics by old paradigms that have no place in our current day reality. And so it is. This topic of prosperity consciousness could be a series of its own. So I'd like to run with it for a few segments until I feel like we've hit the bedrock on blocks to abundance that are held in poverty consciousness. So this segment one of prosperity consciousness is where we'll delve into your deep genetics Using the masterful SVH tools, we're going to shine light into the programs and beliefs of lack that were set into firm foundations hundreds and even thousands of years ago. Prosperity consciousness is held by a select few, but today we're going to change that ratio to reflect a new paradigm. Your success and elevated inner perceptions of your own worth will change your life. But think what will happen when there are thousands of us shifting our beliefs and perceptions about our value and the potentials of that are available to us, we're going to affect the collective consciousness with this. Now, we've all heard of the 100 monkeys theory, which I prefer to call the 100 angels phenomenon. But when collective consciousness supports prosperity consciousness for those that are choosing it, a ripple of change will raise the bar on lack and It's our hope that even the poorest of the poor will have the greatest opportunity to elevate even their situation. So today marks a great day for all of us. With that said, how do we do it? Well, by enough of us tipping the axis of collective thoughts and beliefs to support the attainable and attained vision of abundance rather than the unattainable abundance dreams that link with wishes and hopes of something that you've already decided you can't get or you can't have. We live in a world of plenty. There's more than enough resources on our world and the ability to create plenty. Everything is vibrationally divine from creation energy and there is no limit to how much of it we can use in our manifestations. We have an unlimited supply. There's only lack when it's supported. I know, I know. The theorists say that we're going to run out of everything by the year, yada, yada. But they're talking about the old-fashioned way of creating. We're letting our thoughts be focused. We don't need to burn coal and wood anymore to make heat and electricity or use fossil fuels to fuel our cars. The sun and the wind and the water our blessed creator provided us with are enough. In fact, digging for coal and chopping trees is the hard way to supply energy. My friend Joe told me the other day that he read somewhere that it takes 40 acres of forest to make enough paper for one week's New York Times Sunday edition. Without judgment or maybe some judgment or a lot of judgment, that's a lot of trees. The wave of the future is going to carry us to new means of passing on news. 
Even now, people throughout the world read news on the Internet. Now, who knows what technology awaits us? And with each new leap, we change the way we think about the old way of doing things. Did you know that since the dawn of human existence on this world till this century, most everyone except the privileged few worked really hard? They needed to, just to survive. Back then, your neighbors and community were your lifeline. Now, when I grew up, it was kind of still that way. But I have to be honest and say, for about the last 20 years, I haven't known one single person in my neighborhood that I've lived in. And, and I hear the same from others. I'm not saying that's a negative thing, but I find it very interesting that as a society, we've closed ourselves off from the people around us and have kind of become secretive about our lives, only allowing the neighbors to see the shell of our life, like our house, our yard, our cars that we drive, the clothing we wear, and we keep those really up to, up to par. They don't know really who we are. They don't need to borrow a cup of sugar because there's plenty of stores around that are always open. Turn of a car key, off you go. A few minutes later, you're back with that cup of sugar and about 50 or $80 more of whatever it is that you found out that you really needed while you were there. So I asked myself, why are we closing our blinds and putting our heads down when our neighbors come out of their houses? And as I looked at this deeper, I came to realize having more or the illusion of having more sponsors poverty thinking. Now as a society, we started shutting our blinds so no one could look in and see the truth of what's really happening. And I don't think there's anything really horrible going on inside our houses. But when you think of all the stuff you have, are you proud of it? Or are you ashamed of having it? Or frustrated that you bought it and you owe money for it? What about everybody else? How'd they get all their stuff, whether it's fancy cars, fabulous clothing, or, of course, the big house? Even if these people make enough money to pay for all that stuff, the walls of separation started going up because within themselves, they felt like liars. Not because they are, but because they triggered a genetic link with a very convoluted catch-22. In fact, most people talk down their success. So instead of celebrating that they're able to get a, a new car, a new house, or a boat, a lot of people follow the conversation about their success with negative or limiting comments like, oh, I'll be paying on that forever, or with this economy, I hope I can hang on to it. You see, people have an inner bean counter that's tallying up the assets and the incoming flow of money. And this inner accountant is filled with fear because of the thousands of years of struggle that it's logged into collective consciousness. This isn't your own bean counter. This is your genetic bean counter linked to your brain. Now that little bean counter or inner accountant, as we'll call it, is something that is as old as your whole ancestral line. It's the same one. It's like it's like uh, someone running a race, and they're they're coming up to the next person that's going to take the baton, and they run up to it, and they hand that little baton, and the next person takes it off running. Well, my mother and father handed it to me, <laughs> and I probably handed it to my children, but we're going to fix all that today. 
because humanity has locked even firmer into poverty through its displays of opulence. It, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. But there's this bizarre link with deprogramming and the genetics that supports inner conflict if you spend your money. And, and even if you don't. In fact, when this bizarre genetic link is activated, the more successful people become, the more poor and desperate they can feel. This genetic link is a huge find, you guys, because it is fueling poverty consciousness and blocking the abundance that we're choosing. It's refuting the value of our accomplishments. By the time this telecast is finished, we'll have isolated the seeds and foundations of this wealth robber and free you from its influences forever. So to continue, let me explain this twist of fortune in a way that allows you to understand just how much credit cards and loans have triggered this bizarre genetic link, and all the while the SVH tools are going to be isolating the poverty consciousness activated into your life by these genetics. First of all, you don't need to get rid of your car loans, your mortgages, and your credit cards to release this block and celebrate your prosperity and fully enjoy your achievements. We just need to have the creator reformat the seeds and foundations of lack associated with them. In fact, we really have to unearth and reform these patterns of lack in order to support your manifestation of a thousand times more than you've ever dreamed of having. Now, I know this is going to sound weird, but the truth is that having two great new cars or a broken down car that needs repairs you can't afford represent the same levels of poverty consciousness, even if you could easily afford those two cars. Now, even if you paid cash for the cars, there's a belief that you spent money on something unneeded or showy or too expensive and you should have saved in case something bad happens and you need that money. Now, even if you have a million dollars in the bank right now, the genetic link can be activated to support lack when you make purchases over a specific dollar amount. Now, everyone's expenditure cap that triggers poverty energy and that inner accountant is different, except for the mega wealthy, who don't seem to have the trigger at all. So what does that tell us? Well, if you spend your money on something you can't afford... The inner accountant shakes its finger telling you that you're a fool because you don't have the money for an emergency now. Now, in this day and age, we just make more money or put the emergency expenses on a credit card. But the inner accountant sees credit cards and even loans as poverty. You have to think about the whole great big picture here because, once again, we're talking about the baton being handed from one of your ancestors to the next for thousands of years. So you're looking at thousands of years of struggle and hardship and scrimping and saving and, in the end, dying in a ditch, freezing to death or starving. And it didn't need to be your ancestors that froze or died in this in these precarious situations actually it could be that they heard about somebody that had that kind of an issue so all of this has laid such a deep groove in collective consciousness and in our own genetics to support a total lack of support for the systems that we use in our modern day society now in the olden days if you wanted to go somewhere you walked or rode a horse but most people didn't have a horse if there was no food, you went hungry. 
If you had no water, you died of thirst. If you got hurt, you could die. And no one would even know sometimes. So if you had no shelter, you were basically exposed to the elements. And if those elements were harsh, you could die. If you had no money, you had to beg or barter when you could. And if there was no one willing to help you, well, you were pretty much up a creek without a paddle. Unless you were Daniel Boone or someone that knew how to live off the land. If you ever bored in the old days, you'd go do something. Like build a fence, weed a garden, fix a hole in the roof. But every once in a while, someone might happen by with news about something going on in the next town or in the world. And that visit would be the highlight of the month or maybe even the highlight of the year. Now that conversation might sound a little something like this. Mm, Can you imagine? They're building a wooden walkway in front of the bank. And they hung old Charlie Wickham three months ago for stealing the Widow Baker's pig. That'll show him, though. Friday they had a pie-eating contest, and Bob Sims won the two dollars. He is so hungry he kept on eating even after he won. <laughs> I heard that next year's going to be a cold one. They say that the price of seed's going up a penny a pound, too. Gah, I just can't see how a farmer's going to be able to make it. You know, you might think that that kind of life would be pretty tame. Actually, impossible to exist within with no Starbucks and nothing to heat your house with but the wood you chopped and your fly swatter doubled as a fan in the summer. But that was your ancestor's life a hundred years ago. But let's go back further. A thousand or even five thousand years ago. If you weren't from Tahiti or somewhere like that, life was something to get through. I figured the people in Tahiti probably had it pretty good. But today, life can be a pleasure. With entertainment at our fingertips, you, you don't even need to leave your couch or remote to visit every country in the world. We use many modes of transportation, all of them, probably most all of them, air-conditioned and heated. If you're out of food, you go buy some. And God forbid if you have to drink something besides bottled water. If you don't have cash, you use plastic. A plastic card that makes all your wishes instantly manifest. In fact, most people don't even carry cash. They use a credit card for pretty much everything. And if we're too hot, we can adjust the temperature. We can even fly to another client that suits us. And our homes and restaurants and coffee shops and theaters are our playground. Most of us don't even break a sweat at our jobs. And once a year, they'll even pay us to take a couple of weeks off. I'm telling you, living in this timeline is a life of opportunities. With instant manifestations, satiation, and refrigeration. In fact, we have foods that can lay out on a counter for a month, and you could still eat them. We're in a rush. We want the big house, the sporty car, the eight-cylinder truck that gets 11 miles to the gallon, and we want everything bigger and better than our neighbor has, even though we don't know who the heck our neighbor is. And if they don't have good enough stuff, well, we've just got to move to another neighborhood where they have bigger and better stuff so that we can aspire to have even bigger and better stuff than those neighbors who we don't know either. This is a magic time. If you get hurt, a helicopter will fly over and pick you up and take you to the hospital. And if you don't know where you are, you don't know your location, your cell phone will guide them to you. 
If your heart wears out, you can go get another one. If your breasts sag or your lips are too thin, there's thousands of surgeons waiting in line for your business. In the olden days, botulism was a killer. Nowadays, people voluntarily inject it into their face to create a mask that hides the signs of aging. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I think these are the good old days. The problem is that your genetics that are linked to the ancient times and all of the struggle and daily uncertainty of survival is fueling a poverty mentality because your inner accountant believes that if you spend even one dollar on anything not aligned with your continued existence, it means that you're insolvent and headed for disaster. Even if you use your credit card and pay it off the day you get your bill, your inner accountant does the math and fears that you're spending money you'll desperately need later. If you make $10,000 a month and you spend $5 of it, your inner accountant could be freaking out right now. Your inner accountant needs to be brought up to date. Your regular lifestyle, even if you're frugal and save a third of your income, is totally foreign to the foundation that you're built upon. You have to remember that many thousands of years of life on earth layered in the rules held in collective consciousness. It's not just today in the last hundred years or even the last 50 years. This stuff is based on thousands of years of hardship and uncertainty. Owing two or three hundred thousand dollars on a home mortgage is unfathomable to your inner accountant. In fact, it speaks of disaster. It was dangerous to owe anyone in ancient times. You know, tax collectors could beat you, kill you, and have their way with your wife and daughters. They could take your last chicken, they could burn your house, could sign you and your family to slavery, and all of this for an equivalent of our, like, our $5. So now I think you got a pretty good idea of why your inner accountant freaks out when you spend $90 for lunch. You know, I've been very fortunate to have a group of individuals that I'm working with on an abundance project that have given me permission to sift through their genetics and this is really where I've gotten most of my information about this bizarre link with the deep genetics and poverty consciousness. And I'm really not talking about one or two people that have this link. I've found it in every project participant. In fact, every single one of them had a deep, unrelenting fear of the poorhouse buried in their deep genetics. So let's talk about the poorhouse because that's where a large part of the bizarre genetic link got its second wind and sealed the deal for poverty consciousness in our modern day. And we don't even have poor houses now. But less than 100 years ago they did. And it sent a shudder of fear through parts of the world that anchored in collective consciousness. It really fueled more and more of this inner accountant uh, who doesn't know that you have a business plan and that you make X amount of dollars a month and that in our day and age it's customary to get a mortgage when you buy a house and credit cards are a means to purchase in the now. It's it's not a, uh, considered to be a, that you're in debt to use your credit cards. I mean, most of us pay the credit card payment and the interest and the mortgage, and we spend our money with fervor, living in the now, knowing that we make enough money to pay the bill, or we will at some point in the future. 
But instead of celebrating our plenty, which is what we're expressing with our purchases and our lifestyle, the inner accountant sees disaster, failure, poverty, and shame. Now imagine making half a million dollars a year, and by our current standards, it's normal that that person would be living within their means, within a big house, a boat, maybe, and a motorhome, three cars in the garage, and a membership at the country club. That lifestyle sounds pretty reasonable for that amount of money. And many of us would like to enjoy that good fortune, but that person can feel just as broke and frustrated about money as someone making $20,000 a year. Now, how is that even possible? Well, it's because they don't feel safe. It doesn't feel real. There's an inner fear of losing it all and no being able to maintain the standard, but deeper still is the nudging of the inner accountant that's using genetic formatting and data in collective consciousness to substantiate its constant reminder that that person could be poverty-stricken at any moment and need those resources that they're squandering on needless items of comfort. In fact, it always asks why a person needs 900 thread count sheets when they can use the sheets Uncle Harvey used in his bed before he died. Waste not, want not. Why do we need air conditioning? You've got windows. $25 for a lipstick. Have you gone mad? That's five months of survival money. Did you hear that? Five months? $25 wouldn't keep us off the streets for a night. But that's the funny little part of the brain that still believes it will. We don't want to shut the inner accountant off. We just need to bring it into the 21st century. Now to do that, we're going to talk to your brain and stimulate a genetic data search that's going to isolate where the keys are located that are like the hinge pins holding the old story in place. So just relax, and in a few minutes, we're going to take the information I get from your brain and use it to guide our directives that the Creator will use to implement the most awesome transformation. In fact, your inner accountant is going to pull off the burlap bag it's been wearing and put on Prada. The Creator will encode your accountant with a new program with a history of plenty, like the royal courts of old where stylish courtiers and prosperous men and women were draped in rich fabrics and jewels, and every meal was a feast. Fear of lack and poverty triggers will be replaced by confidence, self-confidence. You can create all you desire. Spending does no mean lack. Actually, spending reflects abundance. However, the creator knows the ideal ratio, so don't be concerned that you're going to start spending your children's college fund or charging yourself into oblivion. The inner accountant has stopped us from celebrating and enjoying the fruits of our accomplishments. It shamed us and kept us in bondage, capping our abundance levels and limiting our vision of more. If we can create all that we desire and the Creator is supporting our manifestations, why are we saying the words, I can't? Remember the SVH trigger, I can? Well, I'm going to load this into the clearing for today for everyone that doesn't have it yet. After our work today, any time you have a thought, I can't, catch yourself and replace it. Think the words, I can.
The SVH clearing profiles will activate to empower the creator to reformat the seeds and the foundations of the limiting can't thoughts and fuel the theme of the I can. Now you'll get a chance to activate the trigger in a minute. But first, let's have a chat with your brain. So, I wonder where in the deep genetics formatting about poverty and fear of ending up in the poorhouse is anchored. Fear of losing everything. Failing, losing face with your family and the community. Maybe even fear of being cold and hungry and shunned, robbed, left in the ditch. What formatting was stimulated by the hard times of your ancestors when we were talking about it earlier. And if that was all loaded into a clearing, what other formats are still supporting and fueling the inner accountant in the brain that is opposing any kind of opulent lifestyle or their modern-day lifestyle that's yours to claim? What profiles, no matter where they're held in the current life files or the ancient ancestral archives of beliefs and alliances with collective consciousness, are supporting fears, judgments, shame, and oppositions to the responsible utilization of modern means for acquiring goods and services? Well... With that said, to take this clearing to an even deeper level of success, we'll obtain new ancestral files that the Creator will utilize in the clearing to emancipate you from limiting alliances with the collective consciousness. To access this clearing, go ahead and center yourself and find a spot where you can safely close your eyes, not while driving. Go ahead and close your eyes and imagine a screen floating before you. Now, on that screen is all the clearing and special gifts that the Creator have specifically for you. Go ahead and silently ask the Creator in your own words if it's in divine alignment for the Creator to implement this clearing for you. And then go ahead and pause the recording while you wait for the answer. And when you receive the affirmative answer, sense or knowing, just think or say yes and then resume the recording to hear the rest of the telecast. Welcome back, and congratulations on your freedom from that old linked ancestral poverty consciousness. In addition to the reformatting, our blessed creator instilled a new cap, free, limitless, abundance profile within your inner accountant's memory that supports your ability to create all that you desire and celebrate those achievements. Today, your life was rewritten by the creator to support a more supportive and prosperity conscious inner accountant beginning at the beginning of your life and rolling right up into your now. Now you get to create your now and tomorrows free of the old poverty input so celebrate every step on your road to plenty. Expect to succeed. Celebrate the pieces in your pile. Instead of giving energy to what you don't have start celebrating what you do have. Celebrate the steps leading to your goals, and all the while, keep your vision of the ideal clear in front of you. You're a master. You're a master of your realm, creating and co-creating every element of your reality. So elevate your vision of that reality that you're choosing to create, and let your unwavering image of that ideal receive 100% of your creation energy. And remember, give not one thought, word, or action to your creation recipe that supports potentials for a conflicting 
or opposing vision of that story. Remember, you can create anything. Until our next segment of Prosperity Consciousness, Namaste.